First, I want to make sure you hear this again, in case you haven't heard it enough. Thank you for volunteering to come to this confirmation. I know that I am not quite as exciting as the Archbishop. I don't have a cool hat or a sweet stick. But, here we are. Your sacrifice allowed others to experience that, and it's a very Christ-like thing to do. He came down from heaven and sacrificed himself for the sake of others. That's very much what you've done today. So, I can't think of a more auspicious way to begin your life as a confirmed Catholic than to imitate Christ in that way. It's also a gift for me because I'm finally to the point, that assumption, where I actually know and care about some of you. Um, you know, there are a lot of faces here that I see in class, that I see regularly in Mass, that families I've gotten to know, and it's a real privilege for me uh, to play Plan B for you today. Uh, it's just, it's a real grace to be able to confirm you. All through high school, and really up until the point of my ordination to the diaconate, confirmation was without a doubt my favorite sacrament. And the reason it was my favorite sacrament is because I could describe its effects. I could feel its effects in my life. I am something of a unique case. I was confirmed at the age of 10. My parents had divorced the year before, we moved to Seattle, I started going to the Catholic Church with my mother and her parents, and I was received into the Catholic Church at the age of 10. But when you do that, you're also confirmed at the same time. So I have been confirmed since I was in fifth grade. Which means that as I grew up, going through middle school, which was particularly difficult for me, and in high school, which was particularly awesome for me, in both, I, I won high school, so like, check all the boxes, it was awesome. In all of those instances, I knew and felt the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. There was no question in my mind that I was accompanied by the Holy Spirit powerfully in every moment, particularly during high school. Now, I don't know if you've experienced this already, life in states, in middle school and high school, but in high school, there was kind of a lot of drama. There's all these people that are trying to figure out what it means to date, and they fall in love and fall out of love, and you're talking about each other all the time. So it was a regular occurrence that I would have to, like, comfort a sad or broken friend, or I would have to give them some advice. Now, I, I finally dated somebody in high school, like, the last three months of my senior so I didn't have good advice to give people about dating. It was not something I was good at. But every time I had a friend who needed advice, every time that they came to me and they asked what should they do or what's going on or whatever, I actually had really good advice for them. And I knew the whole time, I knew that that advice was not coming from me. It was so obvious to me that this was the Holy Spirit. Because I wasn't that smart. I wasn't that experienced. I had no idea what I was doing or saying. But when somebody in need came to me, I had the words that they needed to hear. Because
Because those are the words given to me by the Holy Spirit. What I'm describing is called by the Catholic Church a charism. A charism is related to the word Christ. It comes from the word for anointing. A charism is something like an anointing from the Holy Spirit. And we have seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Those are, in a sense, the foundational charisms. They come from our first reading. Counsel, strength, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, fear of the Lord. And there's one that's not in this reading, I always forget it. Anyway, wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, knowledge, fear of the Lord. That'll be enough for today. Those are gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yet does April know what I'm forgetting? Piety. That's fear of the Lord. It totally is. Piety is different than fear of the Lord. Alright, we're going to trust April on this because she's a youth minister and I pay her to be smarter than me, so we're going to say it's piety. Even so, right, we have these gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit gives you. You are anointed with the Holy Spirit, and He gives you these gifts. All of you are given a gift. Now, it's going to sound cheesy, but it's what I do. I rewatch all of the Marvel movies in January, and I, all of them, like all 22, it was an amazing January. But, in that, thinking about the Holy Spirit, I can't help but think about this cultural obsession with superheroes, right? The idea of a superhero is they have some kind of gift, right? Like even Hawkeye has the gift of being able to shoot things really accurately. Great, good for him. We are obsessed with this idea that there are gifted individuals in our midst who through their gifts are able to change the there is functionally nothing different about what we see up on the movie screen than what's happening today in this church. Each and every one of you is giving a, given a supernatural gift. A gift given to you by the Holy Spirit. And through that supernatural gift, through that charism, that anointing, you will now have the power to change the world. But it doesn't happen through war and violence. That's what we see on the screen. That's not truly how the world changes. The world changes because certain individuals, Christian individuals, allowing the Holy Spirit into their life, are given the gifts of counsel and strength, the gifts of knowledge and fear of the Lord, the gifts of wisdom and understanding, and apparently the gift of piety. You're given those gifts, every single one of you, and those gifts are incredibly powerful. Far more powerful than physical strength. Far more powerful than anything you've seen in a movie. Because if you can go into a situation, and you can know the will of God, you can bring the will of God to bear on that situation. You can be courageous in the face of whatever is in front of you. You can have that reverence of God that allows you to bring Him into that space. Of course you're going to change the world. Because God changes the world. Every space that He touches 
brings change. God dwells in you by your baptism. That dwelling is made even more powerful through your confirmation. And if you allow him, by that dwelling, he's going to bring those gifts into your life and allow you to use those gifts to change the world. We should point out what was special about the apostles chosen by Jesus, absolutely. But it was Pentecost, this Sunday we celebrate Pentecost. On Pentecost, the apostles were given the Holy Spirit, and everybody they preached the gospel to and baptized later was given the Holy Spirit. And it was they who went out to the entire world and changed it by their preaching. This world would be a very different place if Christianity had not spread the way it did. You are being given the same Holy Spirit as the apostles. Your gifts are no less powerful than those who change the world through their preaching. Now, what does a changed world look like? It doesn't look like a specific political outcome. What it looks like is, and I'm going to read the Spanish, I'll translate it later, amor, alegría, paz, paciencia, amabilidad, bondad, fidelidad, humildad, y dominio propio. It looks like a world full of love, joy, peace, patience, understanding, goodness, fidelity, humility, and proprio dominio. Self-control. Self-control. It looks like those things. If you go with the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, and you allow Him to act through you, through wisdom and knowledge and finding, then the world is going to look like a world full of love and patience and humility and understanding. The world that all of us want to live in. That world comes about because the Holy Spirit works through you. The same Holy Spirit that governed the apostles. The same Holy Spirit that was upon all of the great saints, all the ones in the windows. What does this look like? In the Gospel, we hear, in the world, this is Jesus speaking to his apostles, who will, in a few days, receive the Holy Spirit. In, if the world hates you, realize that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, the world would love its own. But because you do not belong to the world, and I have chosen you out of the world, the world hates you. It is very strange to think that bringing wisdom and counsel and understanding and courage and knowledge and piety and fear of the Lord. It's very strange to think that bringing those would somehow be opposed by anyone. And yet, that's exactly what happens. Because we live in a world that is marked by sin and death. That's why Jesus had to come, to save us from sin and death. And this world of sin and death that is passing away fights against the fact that it's passing away. Fights against the fact that it chose to die rather than to follow God. And so when you bring God into a space, the world that you're changing doesn't want to change. It doesn't want to be filled with love and peace and patience and humility. It would much rather be filled with anger and hatred, with pride, with lust, with possession, with envy. That's what the world wants because it just feels good in the moment. And if you come in and you bring virtue, you bring the presence of God, you bring the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which bring the fruits of the Holy Spirit, you will be resisted. 
Reformation used to be the sacrament of, well, the sacrament where the bishop would hit you. That's because you're supposed to be the soldier of Christ. Preaching the gospel, bringing these things into the world, required you to act like a soldier, to be courageous in the face of opposition. You will be opposed if you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, but you will also see the effects of that you will see the world around you change. Because the Holy Spirit has already changed the world, through the apostles and the saints, through everybody who's been confirmed before you. You will see that change and you will realize that you are, in fact, a superhero. You have been given a charism, a special gift by the Holy Spirit, through which you are to change the world. And carrying out that heroism is not easy. You will be opposed will suffer on the way to the great victory of Jesus Christ. If you say yes to the graces being given to you today, if you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, if you say, Holy Spirit, I have no idea what I'm doing here, what I'm doing in this moment, what I'm doing in this situation, please guide me. He will guide you, and you will see him work, and you will realize, as I did in high school, that he's so much smarter than you, so much more loving than you, so much wiser than you, and it is his gift that you should be his instrument, that through him you should become loving and wise and courageous. Accept the grace being offered to you today. Allow the Holy Spirit to change the world through you.